everyone. Hey, and welcome back to Alpha Metallica. If you're listening to this, thank you so much because you have donated to the Patreon. I mean, you know, this is eventually going to go onto the YouTube channel, so maybe listen to this in a few years to come. Thank you anyway for donating, you know, if you didn't, if you did, all that good stuff. But if you are listening to this, you know, in the immediate future, thank you so much. You know, Alpha Metallica is very much in its infancy right now. We've got the Patreon out there, not for any real reason, like, just because, you know, with my other podcast that I do, Battle Up Resume, the Patreon's been quite a success. And, you know, some people want to give back. And if you want to give back and you've got this in return, thank you so much again. We are doing a series that has just begun. This is the inaugural edition. This is live um, live binge and splurge is the title that I'm tentatively putting out there and it's going to be myself and guests going through classic Metallica concerts and I think this is probably one of the most classic of them all and of course I had to have good friend of the show Dave back on. Dave, how's it going man? Really good man and super grateful to be on this because it is, it's probably the the most important Metallica show and one of the most important metal shows of all time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's one of the most iconic shows ever. Like, you know, it's just unbelievable. Like, I was doing a little bit of research, you know, on this kind of online and stuff. And I think it's like, I'm just going to get the actual um, stats up now, but I'm pretty sure it's like one of the most viewed concerts in terms of like, you know... I could bust the stats out of the head if you want. (laughs) Let's go, let's go. Uh, Alternate and audience reports of 1.3 to 1.6 million. It was at Casino Airfield in Russia. Time Warner sponsored it. It was a free concert. And they thought if they put bands like Metallica and Pantera out, there would be a small underground following that would come to it. Now, when you put on a free concert for underground fans, Tom, and 1.5 reported people (laughs) turn up in the millions, from soldiers to civilians, uh, postal workers, kids, topless women, topless dudes, Fighting, moshing, drinking, everything you need. It is, it is unbelievable. And there is um, there is a great Wikipedia article, the list of the largest concerts to ever go down. And when you look at the top ten, there's kind of, you know, so live... So fourth. Yeah, it's yeah, it's fourth. Um, so you have Live Eight there, and you have sort of like you know Rolling Stones, which is quite sort of gentle stuff here. Um, mm. Metallic, yeah, is the fourth one, one point six million. Um, but but you've got to think though. Here's the top three. Number three and number two were Jean Michael Jarre, who was someone that my aunt was into. He's like I have this... a lot of husbands. <laughs> yeah, he's quite good. What's his first album that's like really influential? Oh, um, uh... oh, I'll try and find the name of it now. But I know, but they always. I remember they always play it on radio too. Like they don't make it. me go through because my middle bedroom is just full of bed, uh, vinyl, and I will go dig it. Oh, 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 it's called Oxygen. That's it. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's quite good. But I remember, like, I remember, like, as a as sort of, when I went to uni, um, someone played it in their room, and I was like, oh, this is quite good. I was like, what is this? It's kind of craft worky sort of stuff. And then I remember my dad was like driving me around when I was a teenager, and Jeremy Vine was playing it on radio too, and I was like, is this like acceptable? But I guess. <laughs> You wouldn't throw a massive concert without it being known. So, uh, you know, I say Metallica's number four. Number three is 2.5 million Jean-Michael Jarre in 1990 in Paris. Number two is Jean-Michael Jarre again, 3.5 million. The 850th birthday of Moscow, Moscow 95, again Moscow. Number one, do you know who has the biggest concert of all time, Dave? Uh, wait, it's a solo artist, isn't it? It is a solo artist. And it's a man? It is a man. And I can't remember his name because I was looking at stats earlier. Okay, so it's it's 1994. It's Rio de Janeiro. It's 3.5 million people. It's Sir Rod Stewart. Rod Rod Stewart? Like 8-ounce Rod? Yeah. 3.5 million people. (laughs) Hey, I'm Scottish and I wouldn't even pay £3.50 to see him. Maggie Mees is only belter, to right, be honest. Right, right, right. No, 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 facts, facts, facts. But I think the, the point I'm trying to get across is, you know, we have our top three, a French experimental electronist and a kind of, you know... A, That's a, crazy. A, a beloved crooner. But you're getting 1.6 million people to see Metallica and Pantera. Like, it's just, it's unfathomable. The fact that the concert was free, too. Yeah. And they put it on as just to, to gauge it. I mean, the state of Russia at the time alone, but that concert is... Do you think if Britain falls to pieces, yeah, during this whole Brexit, I think we're going to get one of them. Yeah, I think. <laughs> yeah, I'll I wait. hope if, if we get one of them, I hope it does. That would that would be a nice way to bow out. Yeah, it, we'd probably get like Oasis or something to like. Where would of... you get it? Though? Like Hyde Park. 
Yeah, I guess I guess Hyde Park makes sense. You know, kind of uh, Heaton Park, maybe, or something like that. Yeah. Or, or maybe on the moors, that would be even better. But I, I think that's too boggy to kind of host a concert on. But, yeah, I mean, this is... Obviously, we're going to be talking about Metallica's concert in depth, but it's worth doing a bit of background here. And, um, you know, lots of bands on the bill here. Um, it's quite cool that they put a Russian band on there, EST. I didn't really listen to them, but I like they made that concession. I didn't. I wasn't aware that they put a Russian band on. I hadn't checked the full lineup. That's one of the only things I haven't checked. But mm. I know there was Metallica, Pantera. Um, hold on. See if I can remember. Yeah, there you was, have the list. Are you going to? Yeah, yeah, struggle? yeah, yeah. There was uh, Metallica, Pantera, ACDC headlined it because obviously the Metallica concert's entirely in daylight, and, yeah. and the ACDC one's kind of at night. And then a band that. I've been told many times, Tom, you would love this band. They're just a blind spot for me, Dave. The Black Crows. Yeah. Are they are they meh? If you like them, you like them. But a lot of people think. I guess it's more down to personal opinion. I understand why people think they're great. Their guitar work is great. But I'm not right. a big fan of the lyrics or the vocal content. Kind of like Pearl Jam. Right, right. Oh, you know, I think Mike McCready is one of the best guitar players of all time. Yeah, fucking wonderful. But Eddie Vedder gets right on my tip. <laughs> well, I mean, that's a conversation for another day. But I um, yeah. I watched, I, I watched some of the whole concert, not just Metallica. And I watched a bit of Black Crows, and it's kind of weird, really, because you know, Pantera, this absolutely brutal metal band, Metallica as well, ACDC, everyone loves. But Black Crows, they're kind of like a throwback to like the sort of seventies, like I don't know, kind of like free love rock, like. It's weird though because they're probably one of the only bands now that would fit the name of the concert if you said it in 2017. Like a monster, Monsters of Rock is quite a tame, cringy name now. True. But true. back then it must have been like, holy, like, wow. Mm, mm, mm. Did Pantera yeah. play before Metallica? They I? did. They, no, oh, well, I mean, yeah, of course they played before because, you know, they, they, but, uh, you know, Pantera. Their set was. Their set was like I'm I, like I'm not the biggest Pantera fan. Not in the sense I don't like them. I'm just not that aware of them. But what I do know, I do really like. But fuck me, man, they 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 killed it. They were so good. Is there a live video for Domination? That's from the Russia show as well, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I Where think... a fella is just losing his mind. Yeah, yeah. I think I think I think there is. Yeah. So this is um this is from the New York Times. This was published just after the concert. This is September twenty eighth. Um, titled "Heavy Metal Group Shake Moscow" uh, by William E. Schmidt. This is published uh, nineteen ninety one. Of course, just after the concert. Quote: Bare chested and painted in tattoos, this lead singer for a Texas heavy metal rock group named Pantera gazed over a sea of tens of thousands of screaming Soviet fans sprawled over the Tushino airfield Saturday afternoon and said that he was moved. It's a killer thing. We are all here together, screamed the singer, Phil Anselmo, who had just removed the yellow devil's mask and shows that music is the universal language. With that, members of Pantera, one of the four heavy metal bands, the Western heavy metal bands, appearing at what was described as the first free outdoor Western rock concert in Soviet history, lurched into their ear-splitting hit, Primal Concrete Slave. <laughs> oh, okay. While the audience of teenagers, bikers in black leather and other fans, jammed their fists in the air and swayed jerkily with a heavy bass beat. And now, in this article... They estimate 150,000. James Hetfield on the Joe Rogan experience recently, fantastic episode, estimates half a million. But as we said before, apparently it was like 1.6 mil? Yeah, there's been reports of 1.3 to 1.6, which I, at first, when I first heard that when I was younger, I'm like, it's bullshit. But when you look at the videos, yeah. there are moments where James is standing on the edge of the stage just playing a riff, like just going into the next song, and he looks like he's leaning over on a ledge into hell. There is nothing but people, and at one point, there's a helicopter circling yeah. the stage as he bellows to them, make some fucking noise. It's terrifying, dude. Yeah, 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 yeah. It is. Even this... if there's only nine hundred thousand, it doesn't matter at that point, you know. I, I mean, you know, um, I'm, I'm sure between us, we've watched a hell of a lot of concerts in person, live. I have never, ever seen a crowd like this ever. I'm used to going to like. Uh, some dodgy gig in the SECC where there's like 10,000 people yeah. in a large open space in the middle of the floor. But that, there's no space anywhere. No. Like, no. Uh, it really is. It's to look at as a show, not even just to listen to visually, it's stunning. Yeah, 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 no, no, no. It, it really is unbelievable. I mean, I, again, like, because it's such a mythic thing, we don't know exactly how many people went. There's a lot of rumours going around. I read online, apparently like 50 people died. 
Yeah, there was quite a lot of deaths, and not a lot of them were drug-related. It was more just, like, there's so many people, there's not enough room to be alive. Like, yeah. that's what it came down to. There's not enough space for people to live. Yeah, there's actually quite a sort of horrifying clip. It's like a ten-minute clip just showing the riots and the interactions with the soldiers and shit. It, it's pretty dystopian. you got to remember, though, Tom, right? When you look at the bands who played, you look at Pantera, you look at ACDC, you look at Metallica, Pantera especially... The type of music they make and what we know about the band now, yep, yep. those political things. You're looking at a concert that took place in '91, yeah, mm-hmm. and four months later, the Soviet Union dissolved. That's what bad state the country was in, and they let Pantera go on to warm up a crowd for Metallica. That's insane. <laughs> That's nuts, man. Yeah, yeah, it, it is. I, I've actually, yeah, I ju- I've just got Enter Sandman playing at the moment and seeing that helicopter circle, the crowd, and That's like crazy, right? With it, the tower. Oh my god, it really is because I mean, it's a common visage. Really, we just had Glastonbury go down here in the UK, and you know, you see these giant crowds and whatever, but everyone is baying. You've got to think as well. I remember hearing, you know, bef- decades before this, about the Beatles being smuggled into the Soviet Union. So obviously, you know, yeah. these bands were waiting, th- th- these people knew about these bands. But Metallica have been touring solidly for almost a decade now, but I don't think they'd ever been to Russia before. You know, I don't think they'd ever done concerts like this before. And it was a um, it was a Time Warner thing, wasn't it? That's how it came about. Yeah, Time Warner sponsored it, I believe. And they were sort of, hold on, word for word. Uh, Monsters Rock was sponsored by Time Warner Inc., the entertainment and publishing conglomerate, which brought to Moscow for the first time some of the West's most popular heavy metal bands. And it was a free concert to gauge if there was an underground following for music. How out of touch was Russia when they thought there would be an... When over a million people turn up. That's like saying a free sandwich and the whole country turns up. Like, I guess I better buy more bread. I just, you know, we're talking now, we're saying these facts, but when you think of the logistics... really, just watch it. Like, over a million people were there. Like, I just, it just boggles. And, like, to be fair, we mentioned Rod Stewart before, there were, like, 3.5, whatever. But, like, they're not moshing, you know what I mean? They're not, No, and they're not standing in front of a 250-strong Soviet army guard. (laughs) Yeah. Who, at one point, forget that they're guarding the crowd and start headbanging, which is my favourite part. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, that's so good. And again, from that New York Times article, quote, there were some scattered arrests as ranks of police officers wearing helmets and wielding truncheons chased after troublemakers and drunken youth who appeared to be well represented among the crowd. Police took little chance on the crowd getting out of hand. More than 1,000 militiamen were on guard around the stage and more than and more were hidden in trucks parked far away. But just regardless of all this chaos in front of them, the concert is fantastic. All of the bands are fantastic, but Metallica, like, it, you know, I've watched a lot of their shows recently. I've, I've rarely seen them better. They they have some of their best versions of songs live on this concert. It's, it's ferocious, Tom. Yeah. And I think they're captured probably in the most recognisable. That's where I believe the action figures look exactly like them. Yeah, the yeah, that's true, actually. Like, yeah. Headfield has the hair, Newstead has the undercut mid-circle bang, Lars has got his Tama drums with the headband and shirtless. Kirk is there just jamming away. Well, Kirk's, Kirk's got that kind of, like, uh, quite thin moustache. He looks like Carlos Santana steps on a bit, doesn't he? Yeah, he do- Yeah, oh, certainly. Certainly does, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, <laughs> um, they're actually releasing some, I don't know if you saw this, they're doing some Metallica pop vinyls. Um, they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, they've, they've pretty much, they, they're based on this era, the 91 era, kind of, oh, you know. I'd, when... buy, I'd buy 91 era Metallica Yeah, yeah, pop. that's the thing, like, I, I I kind of hate on pop vinyls for no reason, but like I remember when I saw them on Twitter, and I like turned to my girlfriend, I'm like, I'm buying these. I don't care. Like I want them. Like I, I did wa- this. I've always thought toys were childish, Tom. You know. Yeah. And I think it was Nika or Sideshow Collectibles put out a Beatles set from the cartoon with the little alligator. Mm. Bought it. Yeah. I bought a corn set of action figures that came on skateboards when I was 15, oh, just because they looked nifty. And I bought yeah. the Metallica ones as well and the Kiss ones. But yeah. the pop ones. They're going to be really good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, I think, I think that's a good idea. I think they'll be really popular, and it's, it's you know, it's quite, quite smart marketing. But does Hetfield come with a little glass of beer and a he, little moustache? He, he, he comes with them. He comes with a handlebar moustache, actually. I nice. believe. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just going to get them up now and have a look at them because it is odd that. Yeah, he does. Yeah, and he comes with the Explorer, the white Explorer as Wonderful. well. Wonderful, which is quite nice. You get Rob. You don't get Jason. Um, Which Lars, Lars is it though? Lars, it's getting, it, they're all pretty much 91. Um, so you get Lars kind of with the longer hair and the mustache as well. And, is he shirtless? Uh, 
Uh, he's not. None of them. They're all shirted. They're all, I don't know. Black. And Ro- Rob's got his sort of uh, vest on, which is quite cool. Um, nice. His kind of classic sort of tank top. And Kirk, yeah, kind of has his longer kind of you know hair there. But you know they're, they're pretty. They're pretty cool. But um, we'll get to the the concert as a whole. Um, which I mean, the, it's kind of a perfect time, isn't it, for Metallica, as well as a perfect time for the Soviet Union history. Um, Black Album has just came out, so it's kind of like they've still they've got this ginormous back catalogue of songs, and the new the new songs are into Sandman and Sad but True. It's like what? I've the f- actually written that down. Is that Hetfield introduces Sad but True as a new song? Yeah. <laughs> when I heard it, I was like, wow, wait a fucking minute, what? I know, I know. Well, it was uh, crazy. Yeah, it was what twenty six years ago. So it's you know, it was a hell of a hell of a long time ago. And you know, of course, we open with the ecstasy of gold. Uh, what, what do you think of this opener? It's classic, right? I really like the ecstasy of gold <clears throat> for a multitude of reasons. It's the perfect opening for that band. It opened their video game where they came walking out of the smoke. Mm-hmm. Uh, something I mentioned on other podcasts I've done with you. I'm a big fan of a radio show in America called Opie and Anthony. Of course, they actually used ecstasy of gold leading into Street Fight and Man as an old to Metallica on the Stones, I believe, but it's the Rage cover they use. But they always use the XC of the Gold too, and it's got something to it. Like, mm-hmm. it, it makes you listen, makes you stand up and be like, what's going on over there? It's perfect for that band, especially at the era. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, yeah. And it's just, yeah, <clears throat> Ab- absolutely, you know, really is their song. Like, obviously... It's also the soundtrack to an iconic Western, an iconic film in of itself, but it's also a Metallica song, and it's kind of, you know, they've swung that, and the camera sort of blurs here to clarify how many people there are, and fucking hell, there are so, so many people, it's absolutely incredible, and of course, they have to open with Enter Sandman, don't they? What else would you open with yeah. in 91, Yeah. to yeah. fans have been probably waiting to see you for, what, three, four albums mm. at that point? Is it three or... Uh, this well, yeah, Black Album's their fifth album, so yeah, um... we'd be waiting a four-album cycle to see you, mm. and you arrive and play Enter Sandman. That's that's what you want, isn't it? Yeah. Oh my god. Like oh. if you went to see the Beatles, if you could go see the Beatles, what song would you want them to open up with, Tom? <sighs> that's a that, oh, that's a hard question. You wouldn't want some like ass or her standing. You'd want like a, a shaker. You want like revolution, something that gets you going, a hit. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I, I probably want Nowhere Man. I know that's an un, that's, know that's a bloody good song. Like, you like, know? I, I love that song. I know it's not an obvious choice to open with. I probably want. I guess. I guess if I was watching the Beatles, I probably want something quite, quite soothing, like because just to get us into it and then, and then kind of go oh, into it. But I, I mean, be, uh, Beatles are a whole other conversation. But yeah. yeah, like you know, um, and I should say as well, if you listen to this and you're like, oh, I wish there was an Alpha Metallica for the Beatles. There is. Um, it's called Completely Beatles, and it's where I stole the idea from the podcast from. So definitely check them out. That's a really, really good podcast. But they come into this song now with Enter Sandman. And, you know, you've got sort of the whole crowd there. It's cool to see an American flag in the crowd as well, kind of holding up. And, like, everyone's just cheering on. You have Jason with his kind of, you know, his full sweatband on. Kind of like just... I love Jason's headbang when he kind of twirls his um, his luscious hey, he- locks. He's circle banging with the kind of fury that you would imagine he was on fire. You can see his undercut, his hair is flying like it's a one piece. It looks like a hat and he does not give a shit. He is into it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Back to the crowd at one point, foot on the drum riser and you can see like his arm is so vascular, dude. Like mm. the blood is pumping, and he's ready for it. It's mm. amazing to watch. Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, I mean, we said this before we went on air, but like Jason, like I fell in love with the guy all over again watching this concert. The intensity, really? I, oh. please, like marry me, Jason. Yeah. Dude, let's go. <laughs> yeah, and and like sonically as well, you've got to think. You know, this is they never really staged a concert of this size in the Soviet Union. Let, you know, if they put a concert of this size in Tokyo, in America, in London, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it sounds great. Like, all the instruments, all the vocals, it sounds so crisp. Hetfield sounds wonderful. Yeah. Like, he, he sounds crisp, he sounds clear, and he's on it. And I don't know if you notice, uh, when you get a wide shot during Enter Sandman and Creeping Death, there's a shot of their amps at the back, and it looks like it's stage backing, but it's just a wall of speakers maybe 20, 30 feet high. Mm-hmm. beautiful yeah. and you know the band are playing at full intensity they are at the peak of their game here really it's quite incredible and you see at moments as well james just kind of taking it in because like i can't imagine like you know just to witness what's unfolding in front of you 
it was, it was like you said earlier, James, when he was younger, maybe pockmarked face, you know, he's this young yeah. kid that's like, ah, oh, beer. And all of a sudden, he's standing there as a representative for aggressive music, for thrash, for the world, basically, in Russia mm, at the mm. time. And he takes a step back, like you said, and he just blasts back into it. It's wonderful, man. It re- yeah, I it- say wonderful too much, but I can't stress how good this is. Just no, 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 no. I, I agree. I agree. When you watch this... Especially as a fat, you know, as someone who loves this band as well. Like, if you, if you, like, if you just watch this anyway, let, let's say I don't know. Like, I'm not, I'm not the, I don't dislike Slayer, but I'm not, I don't know really where. But if Slayer did something like this, I'd watch it and I'd be like, oh my god, this is incredible. But as someone who, you know, I live and breathe Metallica, they're one of my favorite bands. To see them in front of, well, this is certainly the biggest crowd ever for a rock show, for a metal show, oh, yeah. you know, um, ever. And inevitably, we kick into the second song, which they kind of always did. Personally, I don't know if I told you this, Dave, but this is actually my all-time favourite Metallica song, Creeping Death. Understandable, mate. It's a sonic attack. That's what it is. And it's... This version of it, I don't know where you're going to find a better song. I mean, there's... Like we said about the crowd, we know the number, but let's just say a million, because that's even in the middle. A million people chanting, die, die, die. Yeah? Yeah. And then it dies down, and you hear Jason's backing vocal come down, and he's like, die, motherfucking die. Yeah, and the yeah, whole yeah. place just starts swelling. Yeah, it's yeah, insane. Yeah. It's, 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 it's that motherfucker. Like, it's the way he says that. Yeah, I fucking love he it. Has, he has the best metal backing vocals of all time. Like, I think all that's time. fair. I, I, think, I think that's fair. I think it's like a you... Newstead patented bark. It's like a, oi! Like, yeah. it comes straight from yeah. the gut. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, uh, you know, he, he was kind of the main man in Flotsam and Jetsam and when he came to Metallica he lived and breathed this band you know and he really kind of put that into him and this is an incredible version of Creeping Death I you know I mean I'll, we'll get to Creeping Death in Alf Metallica it's 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 one of my all-time favorite songs ever like Metallica or none like there's something about this song I can't it has so many highs like it has so many good pieces to it Including... For such a complex song, though, it's very minimalist. Very yeah, 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 yeah. Like, think of that intro. It's so basic. If you look at the intro, it's very power chordy and just sort of oh. open E and just, you know, normal, but... How old is the song, Tom? Uh, it's Ride the Lightning, so it's 84. Right. That song is older than me. Yeah. By a year. <laughs> and it's still better than most songs you're going to get from a metal band. Yeah, it's yeah. It's innovative as well. Yeah, and it, it's 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 funny actually because um, one of the beauty things about Alpha Metallica is speaking to a lot of you know Metallica fans who get in touch and want to be on the show. And the most common favorite song is "Creeping Death." That that's what most people seem to say is their favorite Metallica song. And that's I, their like standard order, though, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, uh, you know, this is um, a venomous version here. And I like as well. I've watched a lot of versions of this song live, and James always says something before, you know, Kirk does solo. Uh, in, in that, yeah. in that, on that Paris concert, he goes like, Mr. Hammond. And I like how on this one he goes, Kirky baby! Yeah, he does. He calls him Kirky baby. Kirky and later baby. on, he addresses my friend Lars on the drums, and he yeah. turns like Bruce Forsyth. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's a. Oh, you go. Sorry, man. No, I just and and I just wanted to get into Newstead as well. Um, cool to see that he takes the final verse. And yeah, he's, and he's he sounds very brilliant. much the conductor. Mm. He's he takes over there, and there's a a great part where it's coming to the end of Creeping Death, and James is urging the crowd, "Look, watch Jason. This is what you do." And there's no sign of letting up from there. Mm. As one song transitions to the next, the band just gets intense. Yeah, it's insane, man. Yeah, it's, oh man, absolutely crazy. And we get into the next song where James introduces, um, you know, it, sorry, informs them to watch Jason. And yeah. Kind of, you know, he, he will show you what to do. Harvester of Sorrow, again, a, another classic. Favourite song in this whole concert. Watched it about 25 times. Yeah, yeah. Oh my Outstanding, God. Outstanding, man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it really, it's oh. Odd, like, if you're talking like audio, it's my favourite to listen to, but visually, it's my favourite part about the whole video of all angles that I've seen. The They're kind of displayed here as Metallica, or picture, like when you see a cartoon of Metallica, and you picture what Metallica look like, they look like this show. Yes. Like we said about the action figures, you know, it's the quintessential Metallica. You know, James, he does, he looks like a cowardly lion, he has the teeth, he has the tash, he has an amber mane, it's like Turkish hooker blonde we described before, and he's fully on it. Jason's circle banging, he's getting pneumatic, there's sweat flying, 
Yeah. Lars is at one point leaning back on his drums and slashing at his cymbals like a stick of a rapier. He looks like he's attacking it. It's wonderful, man. <laughs> just, oh, I yeah. can talk about it all day. No, no, I, yeah, I, I mean, yeah, just, just this set list on paper. Enter Sandman to Creeping Death, the Harvester of Sorrow. It is just, and they are a well-oiled machine at this point. That's not to say that anything feels too rehearsed, but... <laughs> Jason is so good at summoning people up, making them kind of, you know, really dig deep in themselves. Everything about Harvester of Sorrow I love. I love the main riff as well. It just has a real plosive quality to it, a real dissonance that's still oddly melodic. And, you know, all of this song works really, really well. And Harvester of Sorrow was the first single from Injustice for All. It was a uh, single? Yeah, it was a single. Crazy, man. Yeah, yeah, it was there. It was the first song they released on Justice for All, and I think one was the second one as well. So obviously there wasn't a harvester um, thing here, but yeah, again they are you know cooking on gas here, and then they go into another classic, uh, one of my favourite metallic songs. I'm sure many people fade to black. Dude, it is. What can you say about it? Like I, I honestly don't know what to say about this version either. It's one of those ones where I'd rather you just watched it and told me what you thought. <laughs> you know, it's so. There's a part. Like, Kirk is all, it's almost like hip fire, the way he's holding his, his guitar. Yeah. You know? And he's just mowing down. It's the sonic equivalent of a, a Star Wars blaster fight at one point. <laughs> the crowd is just moving and he's swinging like hip fire. That's, that's fantastic, man. Yeah. I've yeah. never seen anything like it. Yeah. Yeah. I actually have in my notes, similar to what you said, I don't have too much to say. I just want people to watch it because they absolutely murder it. Like, yeah, you what know. could you say, though, you know? I just, one of the things that blows my mind, like, you know, um, I, the first podcast that I did was about Tom Waits, and one of the things that me and my friend were always saying, like, oh my god, he made such a leap from this album to this album, but when you think about, to go from Kill 'Em All to writing a song like this, in the space of a year, it's just, like, how, how does someone can you know how do you conduct that i just i really can't gauge that and this is a jackhammer rendition and you know i have to say as well dave probably my all-time favorite metallica solo is the outro solo of fade to black i i, I think it's perfect masterful isn't it yeah yeah it really is honestly find me a better outro solo oh yeah no, I, I don't think there is one and I not even um what's that pantera song is it oh cemetery gates no there's that one where he's just down back, just tapping on the air, going like, diddly diddly. That's quite a big one as well. The name's escaping me okay, now. Okay, okay. Um, I'm not, yeah, I'm not too familiar. Domination. Is it Domination? The end of Domination. There's just a ringing tapping, and I really enjoy it. But this is up there with that for me, mm, because mm. it's so technical, and it just sounds good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It just builds and builds and builds. It's very it's very sort of classic rock. And that's that's such a metal, that's such a, like, not in a bad way, but it's such a rock cliche, isn't it? The big guitar solo that fades out at the end. Like, well, you know yeah. what I mean? And just sort of, I, I love that sort of shit. Kirk looks so proud, too, when he's yeah. playing it. Like, he takes his place there, and he's like, watch this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, and who I, knows what he's doing? And I mean, like, obviously, Fade to Black, it, 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 it's, you know, it's got so many good parts similar to Creeping Death. I love the intro solo to Fade to Black as well. I, I think, it, it, you know, it's a masterpiece. It's, it's one of their best songs, if not... I'd, I'd put it in top five, probably. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's definitely top five. Definitely I'll, top I'll five. I'll alternate my top five a lot. It's ve- yeah, it's very hard to lock something down, but I think you'd be hard-pressed to find anyone that doesn't put Fade to Black as one of the best ever Metallica songs. Um, it's just... It'd be interesting to find out if it was possible, or if anyone's ever asked James what changed for him from one album to the next to mm. produce a song like this. Yeah, yeah. Because it's... It's, it really is beautiful, man. It's wonderful. Well, I mean, you know, um, I'm not sure when listeners are listening to this, but I am going to have Fleming Rasmussen on the show soon, obviously the producer of Ride the Lightning. So I I will ask him about Fade to Black and just kind of, you know, how that came about. But we kick into the next song, which, you know, you rightly said earlier, James introduces as a new song, Sad But True. I really like this version. It's a bit faster than a normal version. Yeah, doesn't he stop? during just the intro as well and just yeah. give a little laugh like a ha-ha yeah 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 I, I, I love his kind of rapacious way he's very playful here although he seems very agitated at some point following this song he seems to want the crowd to he's rallying the troops he's mm-hmm. like come on more noise let's go mm-hmm. and you see him putting his all into this 
this song particularly hit them on fire. Mm, 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 mm. I remember um, an interview with Lars a few like years and years ago, and he dared people. He dared people to play the verse riff and sing it on guitar, and it is impossible. It is so hard because Hetfield is playing completely different rhythm to what he's singing, and it is just such an impressive song. And you know, James sounds fantastic. His voice. He's absolutely immaculate. Like, you know, when James can do what he wants with his voice, which, to be fair, he doesn't have that many problems with it. He's sounding great at the moment on the Hardwire yeah. tour. Um, you know, but he sounds so big here. And also, I love Kirk's solo. I think the Black Album was such a good era for Kirk. And, like, that slide, the space. Oh, he's on that Jackson V as well. Oh, it's so good. Kirk comes into his own in this era as well. I mean, yeah. he's always been a great guitar player Joe Satriani was his tutor at one yeah, point yeah, when yeah. he started the band he's always been very technical but from the Black Album on I think you get more Kirk the man than Kirk the player yeah that makes sense yeah yeah yeah, yeah no, like yeah. he puts himself in there and he goes for it and there's not many better if you go back to the 90s there's not many better there really isn't no 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 no. You, yeah in the 90s he dominated definitely in that early era as well and it's quite interesting that this is the fourth song and they sort of play around and they sort of go off stage like half an hour into the song uh, yeah. and then they come back in and james is sort of working everyone with the hey and the call and response and it's you know the, the concert that i watched on youtube it's a soundboard recording so you don't get too much of the crowd which is a bit of a shame really because i can only imagine a million plus people going hey I found the same the same thing as you. I had to end up watching two or three parts of one to hear the crowd because the initial one I watched was a pro shot. Not much crowd footage, not much crowd audio, and the band sounded great. But when you find footage that was on TV in different countries or uploaded from mm. different places and you hear the crowd with the band, they still sound that good, but there's more noise. Yeah. You can hear the people. It's not focused on broadcast, so you can hear it. It's focused on the event. Mm. And I think that makes a big difference. And, you know, getting to the next song now, which is one of those songs that you know what it is from the first note. Obviously, Master, um, Master of Puppets, one of their all-time masterpiece classics. And when I was watching them playing this recently, and you see James singing and playing, it's such, like Sad But True, such a hard song to sing and play. And, you know, he he's doing mimics of his voice, he's playing so well, the reverb on the mic, like... I, I, you know, what can you say? Like, we're going to say this a lot throughout this episode, but what can you say about this song as well? Everyone knows that Master of Puppets is just genius. It's probably the best Metallica song for festivals. Yeah. Like, it's a real crowd pleaser. And the way they always start, you, James, like you said, with his riffs, he's doing calls, he's playing with his voice a lot. Then you've got Lars standing up with the opening crashes. Mm, that's quite a big mm, thing mm. for Lars. He's always done that, but I've never seen it this early, like in the nineties. Yeah. I've not yeah. watched a lot of their stuff, but he's doing the crashes, standing up. Now, although when you look at later Metallica, Lars can come off as a bit of a dick. Sure. Yeah, like there's been lots of instances where you've just been like, "Why are you doing that?" Right. This show shows you why he's inspired drummers. Why he's one of the greatest of all time behind the skins. He's standing up, whipping that symbol, and he's urging the crowd, and everyone's into it. Yeah, yeah, no, completely. I mean, you know, Lars, I know he gets a lot of flag. I personally no, I love Lars uh, unabashedly. Like, I, I do think he's a great guy. Like, I appreciate the naps and stuff. I recently watched, I don't know if you've seen it, uh, Dave, Mission to Lars. Have you seen that documentary? I have it on my Netflix list, I believe. Oh, it's still on Netflix, but I haven't watched that. It's the guy who goes to meet him, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's Oh, it's fucking brilliant. It's basically a guy with fragile X syndrome, um, which is like a form of autism, and he, he's obsessed with Lars, and his sister and his brother, who make this documentary, take him to go see Lars. I'm actually going to have his sister on the show soon to talk about the film. That should be really, really good as well. That'd be really interesting. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and a great movie. It's like an hour and a bit long. I urge anyone listening to check it out. And at the end of the film, obviously, you know, he meets Lars. And Lars, I was watching it with a giant smile on my face. Like, he's the nicest, most gracious guy. Like, he's such a humble dude. Like, you know, you really kind of warm to him during this. And I appreciate the nap stuff, whatever. But I agree as well. Getting back to this concert, Lars is in it. Like, you know, and he is rocking forward with this song at this point 91 master of puppets you know been playing it for five years or so so it is just like it's slick as fuck and you know they kill it and then going into seek and destroy which is quite a nice transition well yeah because for the first half you have newstead on lead vocals which mm. is what more can you want in the 90s because yeah. the big discussion was 
who's the better this? There was a lot. I remember being a kid, being really young, and going back and looking at old Kerrang magazines, old Metal Hammer, stuff like that. Mm. Fans are all tired. I wonder what it sounds like a Jason sung this. And I think he kills it. He sounds great on the beginning of Seek and Destroy on this one. And it made me want more of Jason as a frontman. But, notable cameo, I believe you can spot Bob Rock just behind the drum risers. Oh, really? Can you? Yeah. That's Uh, cool. uh, There's a part where it cuts out and James is coming back and Jason's singing. He's appealing for more noise from the crowd. And there's little Bob Rock to the right of the drum riser, I believe. If not, it's his twin. Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, it makes sense that he'd be there, definitely. So, yeah, I wouldn't imagine he wouldn't be. That That's cool. Yeah, I didn't... didn't kind of popped for that when I seen it. I was like, oh, there's Bob Rock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, mean, like, I imagine there were, you know, lots of kind of the big names kind of backstage and whatever. And, and, and here as well, you know, as Jason's singing, you appreciate the sea of people there at this airfield in Moscow. There really is a sea, mate. Oh, my God. It is just this absolute, like... You know, it's hive mind, this mass. Um, With that many people, though, you would expect a band to pander to the crowd, perhaps, but mm. it's not on. James is bellowing at him at one point, not fucking good enough. Yeah, Open yeah, your yeah, fucking yeah. mouth. And yeah. they're like, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love that. I love that as well. Yeah, completely. Yeah, Because often you get kind of bands at festivals. They're in awe of the occasion. You know, they can't yeah. believe they're there. They're headlining. It's so special. But to Metallica, in a sense, it's just another concert. That's not that they don't see it as special, but they are kind of, you know, bringing people up. Am I talking to myself, he asks as well. I was just going to say that. Did you hear him saying, am I talking to myself? (laughs) (laughs) They're Um, they're so confrontational. As a frontman, he's confrontational, but that's what you want for Mm. a metal frontman. You're not going to find one who's who's that good in this era, or in that era, I think Hetfield's still just as good. Yeah, I... I, 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 He's probably he's definitely the best heavy metal front. He's probably one of the best rock frontmen ever. Like uh, you know, I mean, and I, I think especially you've got to put him in the class of the frontman who plays all the complex guitar stuff as well. You know what I mean? That's still crazy to me. Yeah. How, like most rhythm players aren't doing that. No, no, you're I, not going to find them singing while I, doing that. I mean, it's like it's like people are like oh Bruce Springsteen, but it's like oh yeah, but his guitar playing so basic. It's like you know it's fine, but it's just chords. Or people are like oh Robert Plant, but it's like oh but he doesn't he's not playing guitar or bright. You know what I mean? Like it, yeah, he's, fa- he's not doing it all. No, there's there's there's. I mean, I, okay, you say someone like Dave Mustaine, but he's like obviously he's a brilliant singer. Like, he's not a great singer, but he's a great guitar player, songwriter. But he's not he's not a great front man, really. Like he's you know. A good- producer of music he brings yeah. great content he brings great riffs oh yeah great songs but i don't think he's as strong a vocalist as that no 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 not at all and you know um if you listen to this as well definitely check out an episode that should be on the channel soon myself and adam deans who is um you know a, a battle rapper as well we're doing a sort of twinned history of megadeth and metallica so that should be a really good episode Ooh. as well yeah i know right interesting i knew you i knew you'd be interested in that but um james at this point as well drinks uh, he toasts the crowd in russian yeah, is, only is, only as he could. Yeah, <laughs> yeah beer very... dripping from his mustache, <laughs> from his handlebars. Yeah, um, a beat is kind of built out here. Jason starts to build a bit of groove, and we go into you know a stone cold classic of the catalogue with "For Whom the Bells Toll." Now, by the time this song starts, James is literally bathed in green light. Yeah, he looks eerie. It's very like a cemetery, like an eighties horror film. But he does not let up. This no. is outstanding. It's my favourite rendition of this song, live or recorded. Yeah. Just because of the energy of the band. It's oh my god. amazing. I love, I love how, as well, I don't know what version you watch, but in, in the sort of my main concert version, the camera, for the first minute, is just on Jason's foot, on the pedal. Yeah. Like, it, yeah. You see him on the wah pedal, like, yeah. pushing down and flicking back, pushing down, flicking back. Yeah, I, I must watch the same one as you. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, for me... Like, one of the things that I love about For Whom the Bells Toll structurally is the song doesn't kick in in terms of a, you know, a verse for, like, two minutes. And we get, like, four brilliant riffs on top of each other. You know, you we really the, do. You get the da-da-da-da-da, then you get the da-da-da-da-da, then you get da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. You get kind of four, like, really inspired stuff here. And then come... Is that the best Metallica bassline of all time, Tom? You know, I I would say it is. I I, I would definitely say it is. I I would say it's inspired. And when the guitar goes on top of the bass as well, just to chunk it even more. It's a great rendition. 
brilliant performance, the searing tone, and, you know, one of the things as well that's quite funny is on the studio version, it fades out, so live, they just, like, tear out, and Kirk really rips at the end, it's awesome to hear. Yeah, he lets go, mm. and as a side note before we move on, I know I love this band, like, a lot, but oh, yeah. can we just talk about the fucking balls on this band, Tom? The lyric, the lyrical content to for, for Whom the Bell Tolls, yeah? And the song that followed it, which was one. Yeah. This is Russia 91, yeah? There's a military coup called the August Coup against Mikhail Gorbachev, the peacemaker. Mm-hmm. It fails. The USSR is dissolving. There are soldiers beating people up. There are people dying. Mm. And this is like the stuff of fables. There's helicopters going around. The band are bathed in green light, and they kick into it. Moving into one, there's gunfire coming through the speakers. <laughs> cries, screams, and they don't let up. They are savage, mate. The fucking balls on them, honestly. Mm -hmm. Outstanding, Mm -hmm. mate. Yeah, no, no, you're completely right. And yeah, with one, we have the distant clatter of war. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, you can see people holding up lights in the crowd. It's a a beautifully desolate intro. Um, You know, you see, like, comrades, like Russian soldiers looking up as well. And James's voice, like, you know, one is one of those songs that he's not barking. It's a very it's gen- very solemn. Yeah, it's very solemn, very gentle song. And it uh, modern takes of this song, um, I was watching a version recently, James always sings, like, Sticks in me! Like, you yeah. know, you know. But here he just sings Sticks in me. It's not, you know, Jason's still headbanging as well. Like, I was saying to I was saying to my friend Ryan as well. I was saying we were speaking about Metallica earlier, and um, I said to him, I was like, "One was a song that took a while for me. I don't know why, but like I, whenever I hear this song, I'm in awe of this song. Like it's such an accomplishment." I think that the first half of one is some of the the most tender stuff that have yep. done as a band, and what impresses me more about it is, like you said, Jason is still headbanging hard yep, yep. during the tender parts because although they're a band. Each one is feeling their own part. They're in their own groove, moving in unison. James has been really tender. Jason's still feeling the bass. Lars is just counting the beat. He's waiting for it. And Kirk is like like a sniper. Like, he's just ready to go. And the second half of that song, mate... Oh. Nah, I don't even know what to say, man. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just, I mean, unbelievable, unbelievable. They they really kind of tear this out here. And then we we go way back after one... We're going to Whiplash. We, I, I love that they pull this out. Yeah, uh, I'm going to shut up about this song. What? What? I don't like, I don't like Whiplash. Are you not a Whiplash fan? <laughs> no. I'm not, I'm, not like a, I'm not like a massive Whiplash defender, but I like that they put a Kill em All song on the Moscow yeah, concert. I, I appreciate it that they did that, but I don't know. When you see some of the songs they've never played live before, when you look at a catalogue and you wonder what the band's thinking, and you're like, Whiplash? Maybe yeah. that's just me. I'm spoiled though as a music fan because there's so much to choose from, I suppose. True, true, true. And I think, yeah, I think Whiplash isn't the best of Kill 'em All. Uh, I certainly prefer something like Motor Breath or Hit the Lights um, to to Whiplash. Um, but yeah, it, you know, it, it sounds good. And then we get a little bit of Last Caress as well, which is kind of you know songs they were sort of dipping in between here and there. And then we go into Am I Evil, the Diamond Head cover. What, what are your thoughts Thanks on this? You like that one. Obviously, Lars is doing, clearly. Yeah. At yeah. one point in the 90s, there was maybe 20, 30 interviews around. You could see them on like MTV and VH1. And no matter what they were talking about, Lars would bring up Diamond Head. <laughs> they're like, well, yeah, and he's yeah. like, yeah, Diamond Head. Yeah. <clears throat> like, and they're good. Diamond Head are great. Yeah, yeah, they they are a good band, and I actually, you know, we've already been through Am I Evil on Alpha Metallica. I had Martin Popoff on, um, the Canadian journalist, that was a really good episode, and one of the things that I pointed out as well, it's always weird to me, um, you know, I'm from Birmingham, originally, and Diamond Head are from Stourbridge, which isn't far from Birmingham, yeah. and my dad used to always take me and my brother when we were children to Stourbridge for swimming, so it's always weird, like, in my head, Stourbridge is like a leisure centre, it's not like this <laughs> home of metal, so it's kind of... Yeah, um, but uh, it's funny you mentioned Lars. Uh, are you aware of the compilation album Lars brought out in 1990? Is that the one with all the Diamond Heads on? Uh, it's it, Diamond Heads on there. So basically, it's him and Jeff Barton. I'm not sure who that is, a music journalist. And it's called New Wave of British Heavy Metal 79 Revisited. And it's a two disc compilation of Lars's favourite New Wave of British Heavy Metal songs. Oh. Um, 
we're go- I, I mean, I, I, I think we should do an episode on it. I think that would be quite good, actually, to go through and I listen to all these. I haven't heard that. I might dive into that. Yeah, yeah. I, I haven't actually listened to it yet. The front cover's um, got, like, a guy in a gimp mask on it, so it's quite an interesting uh, sort of proposition. But you are right. You know, you were saying Lars always mentioned Diamondhead, and he's always been a new wave of British heavy metal guy. I yeah. heard, I heard Lars on um, Chris Jericho's podcast recently, mm-hmm. and... Um, they go through loads of like new wave of British heavy metal, and Lars like talks about this song, and he's like, "Oh, I bet you never heard this." And I found it on YouTube, and it had like two hundred views. It was like this like nothing song that he loved from like you know seventy eight or something. So obviously he's crazy about this song. We get Last Caress, we get Am I Evil, and it, it's Battery that it goes into. Then is that right? Yeah. Before we move on to Battery, which mm-hmm. is the greatest Metallica song to play live ever, mm-hmm. interesting piece of information I found out. You know, Am I Evil? Tom? Yeah. The intro is based on a piece of British composer Gustav Holt called The Planets. It's got seven movements, each named for a planet, and the intro to Am I Evil comes from Mars, which is the first movement. Wow, 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 wow. That's interesting. Something yeah. I learned this week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gustav Holt. I've heard of him before in a sort of context of sort of the evilness of his... Because it does sound quite evil, doesn't it? Kind of the yeah. way the notes are kind of a kind of precipice there as well. Yeah, that, that's interesting. Yeah, and um, Am I Evil... Um, it's funny, actually, because... You know, Metallica did their sort of big four concerts and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. They always used to play Am I Evil as their kind of all four bands on stage. And there was an interview with Tom Araya, the um, their Slayer, Slayer. Yeah, yeah, Slayer bass player. And they were like, why don't you go on stage for Am I Evil? Because apparently he never does. And he was like, oh, I don't really like it. It's not a very good song. And I was like, oh, dude. I was like, <laughs> I was like, and, I was like, I know it's quite, it's very like of a time. Like, you know what I mean? But like, I, I quite dig it. I quite like the fact that he's honest, though, because yeah, they're the yeah, type of yeah, bands yeah. they are, and the big four is an occasion, and they play their big all four bands on the thing. He's like, I don't like that. I'm going to stand over here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, yeah, it's fair enough. It's fair enough. And then is is battery the closer? Is that right? It is battery. Yeah, yeah it's a bit clustered at start, isn't it? Yeah, slightly. Yeah, it but it's, it's definitely battery. It is, it is, and, you know, they, they play it out well, and obviously they aren't the headline band here, they're doing, like, a sort of 70-minute set or something here, so, that you know, they, they are kind of showing out in all colours, but it isn't, you know, it's ACDC's concert to a certain extent, but I think Metallica kind of steal the show here, and it is, I think most people remember this for Metallica rather than ACDC, you know what I, I mean? It's, in order, it probably goes Metallica. Pantera, because they've released yeah. so many videos from it, and I didn't know ACDC were on no, it. No, 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 no. I, I agree, I agree. I watch, I watched them, and to be honest, I love ACDC. Don't get me wrong, but it's ACDC in 1991. It's not ACDC in Highway to Hell. It's like the back of because the problem with ACDC is they did Back in Black, which is incredible for yeah. those who for those who um for those who want to rock. Is that what it's called? For those who want to rock. For those about to rock. For those about to rock. For some reason, I can't yeah. remember that. I, I really like the album as well. I think that's quite a good album. That's and one then, of their favourite songs, I mean, too. Yeah, yeah, it's a great song. And then, and then they did, like... Oh, what was the album they did after that that was, what wasn't very good? Wasn't the Hell's Bells that the single? No, no, oh. Hell's Bells was, like, from... Um, that was the old... my brain now. Yeah, yeah. album names. Yeah, yeah, that, I'm just going to find it now. But, no, Hell's Bells was the was the opener from... Um, yeah, uh, from back to back. So yeah, fl- so they did for those about to rock a year later. They did flick of the switch and like flick you know, of the switch. fly on the wall and these albums that people don't really know because Dave they're not very good. Like you know what I mean? ACDC kind of peaked with for those about to rock. They still play the stadiums to this day, but but, but they know, play the old songs, Tom. Yeah, exactly, exactly. When they go to Argentina, they go to Buenos Aires. They're playing TNT. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're playing, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, they're playing those songs. If they're you, not playing. If you, if you play fly on the wall in Argentina, you're in danger. That's all i'm gonna say like do not play those songs they want to hear touch too much girls got rhythm you know what i mean they don't want to hear any of this sort of stuff like that but you know metallica were playing their new songs sad but true etc so you know that kind of shows you where they are that's crazy that still gets me yeah it is it dates the concert perfectly it does it does it does and it's brilliant that jay's introduced that and you know all in all that is it that is metallica moscow 91 i hope we've convinced you listening to go and back if you haven't listened to this before listen to it again it's one of the best concerts I've ever seen live. Like it's incredible. in closing, Tom. Sorry to interrupt you. Please. What's your favourite moment of the whole show? Oh, Even what? if it's just one line or a throwaway, what's your favourite moment? Oh my god, that's very tough. That's very tough. I mean, I would argue almost the intro when they're kind of building into Enter Sandman and you see the sort of crowd building in. I love when they get into the riff in Harvester of Sorrow as well. Um, just seeing, I, you know what? It's a very subtle thing, and it's probably going to 
be Philistine. I love the intro to Bell's Toll, and I love them focusing on Jason's pedal. It's just quite a unique moment, like, in this... That's my number one pick. Is it really? Because... Yeah, it's Jason with his bass and his wah pedal. Yeah, yeah, because in this, like, you know, 1.6, 1.5, however many people were there, however many people died... We have, not not to denigrate them, of course, but, you know, whatever. This was a horrific moment, but a beautiful moment as well. We have a guy on his bass pedal, on his wah, bringing out this riff that, you know, rest in peace, Cliff Burton brought to the world. And it's just so Metallica. It's just, it's just beautiful. I think it's the most Metallica moment because famously the band are not too keen on bass. Mm. Like, they're not, the bass is never tuned up. And when you hear even James talking now in interviews, he playfully says, bass, what's that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But their biggest moment, their biggest concert, you know, their biggest reaction, and there's a large portion focused on Jason just having fun, doing his thing, taking the new era into it, introducing new fans into it, and watching the USSR literally dissolve to the theme of For Whom the Bell Tolls. It can't get any better. That or there's a part just before the encore where they're going into Last Caress where they're just playing around after they say goodnight. And he stops and he goes, oh, you're still here? And then he shouts, I've got something to say. I killed your baby today. And they explode into yeah. Alaska S. And that's just as good for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean... Wonderful, I, man. It is. It is a fantastic, fantastic piece of history. You know, sort of the Metallica archive. It's beautiful to behold there, definitely. And, you know, this is um this is an ongoing series, I should say. Again, thank you for listening to this. Thank you for supporting on the Patreon. We are going to be going through loads more classic Metallica concerts. Of course, we're going to do Cunning Stunts, S&M... Nimes, uh, the Death Magnetic concert in Quebec is a great concert as well. When they went to Antarctica, I'm missing out hundreds here. I'm sure there were great some Donington concerts. Got to do some UK. I'd, purely for personal reasons, for no other reason than that, I'd like to review like when they came to Birmingham in the 90s. Just to, you know what I mean? Just just as I yeah, watch it. Yeah, why not? I mean, like the thing, the thing as well. We can review these great concerts, but Met Fam for Life, best Metallica YouTuber ever, posts all their concerts bootlegged. We could just pick a random concert. We could be like, oh, let's let's. They were in Arkansas in 1999. Just, you know what I mean? Just review. You know it. what you want to do? You want to list ten, and you want to ask people what they want to hear. There we go. About. There we go. That that is that is diplomacy. Don't be shy. Let Tom know. Let me know. Guy. Let me know at Metallica Pod, Metallica Pod, Gmail.com. I mean, they didn't have diplomacy in the Soviet Union, and, and well, they got a Metallica concert at the end of it, but maybe <laughs> it wasn't worth it for all that communism and all that good stuff. But um, Dave, as ever, man, it's been a pleasure to speak to you about Metallica. Again, man, really enjoyed the podcast. Really enjoyed the music, and just really enjoy being a part of it, mate. All right. Would you mind terribly if I plugged the at sometimes cider Twitter? Oh, would that oh be no, okay? no, no, I've got. I mean, I should urge people listening. Um, Dave has his own podcast. Uh, Dave, please go ahead. It's it's in its infancy at the minute. We're four episodes in. We talk everything from rap music, metal music, wrestling, fighting, you name it. So if you're interested in just having a laugh or whatever, check us out. If you're not, enjoy yourself anyway. No, no, no. I fully urge um, with Frankie and Danny. Is that right? Yeah, Frankie and Danny. Yeah. Frankie's amazing. Danny's there when he he's not watching Broadchurch right. or when he's not on his other podcast. Well, <laughs> does Danny have another podcast? Oh yeah, sarcasm says Dean Holder. Oh, right, right, right. no, no worries, no worries. But um, no, Dave, definitely check out that uh, some insider. But Dave, has ever been a pleasure, bro. Thanks again, man. Really appreciate that.